Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are so encouraged to know that God is using the ocean to impact your life through the ministry of the word. Knowing that your life is being transformed is exactly why we exist. As our vision says, we exist to know Jesus and make him known. So sit back, relax, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your life through this message. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, we are in week three of a sermon series titled Money Matters, and uh, it has been a, a, a great two weeks full of a lot of information, a lot of teaching, and very few amens. Uh, but that's okay, because I see what's happening and uh, I see what God is doing in our church. And sometimes the best messages are the hardest messages. Sometimes the best medicine's the worst tasting medicine. Remember that when you were a kid and you were sick and you had to take medicine and the stuff that really did the deal tasted the worst? We all want the great tasting medicine, but it's usually not good for us. It doesn't do anything for us. It's that nasty stuff that makes a difference. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's like that when we begin to walk with Jesus. Sometimes the, the, the things that we need the most are the hardest to swallow. But I know that God's working in our church and God is moving. And as, as you're preparing for the message this morning and turning in your Bibles, I do have an announcement that I need to make to you today. And, and I just want to start it off with this. Is first and foremost, I simply want to just extend my gratitude from me and from the board of the church and from our staff and just simply say thank you to all of you for your continued support of our church. Thank you for loving the ocean. Thank you for supporting our vision and the mission and all that God is doing here. We're grateful for you. We're grateful for your prayers. We're thankful for your encouragement. We're thankful for your faithfulness and even in your giving. But we know that as we move into the future, as we continue to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us, we still have a lot of work to do because we believe that our future is big and we believe that our future is bright. And we believe that the days of the ocean that are before us are much better than the ones that are behind us. Amen. And we believe that God's got a lot in store for us. And so as we, as we prepare for the future, we continue to evaluate everything in our church. We continue to evaluate all of our systems, all of our structures, all of our staff. Uh, we're going through a season with our staff of what I would call a pressing. Uh, it's almost like an oil pressing. If, how many of you know if you want the oil to come out, if we want the anointing to flow, you've got to be pressed. There's a pressing season that takes place. And I feel like with our staff, we're walking through a pressing season this year, trying to make ourselves better, trying to improve how we lead, trying to improve the model that we are for those who follow us in our areas of ministry. But that's not the only place where we are evaluating and making sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're also doing it in the area of our finances. We're doing it in the area of our ministries and just, just preparing ourselves for what God has prepared for us. And in doing that, we've, we've recognized that there are some things in, in, our, in our giving area, in our tithing area that we really need to straighten out and to fix. And so we are kind of relaunching our tithe program here at the church uh, for years. Uh, we've had a system with tithing numbers, but those numbers seem to change like with every new leadership and, and they've just come and done things differently. And, and our board is, as, 
is really trying to straighten some of this out and make sure that we can keep good records and know what's happening in our church as people are giving. So what we've decided to do is to kind of relaunch the tithing number system. Uh, if you're from Tanzania, that's not new to you. Uh, and so what we're going to try to do is for every covenant partner of the ocean, if you are a covenant partner this week, you're going to receive an email from our office. That email is going to issue you a new tithing number, okay? Everybody's going to get a new tithing number because we have so many different system of numbers that's being used. It's kind of hard to track at times, so we're going to reissue everybody a number from the same system. Now that's going to help us in our office be able to take better records and make sure that we know what's going on. Amen? So if you're a covenant partner, you're going to receive an email this week with information on that, with your new tithing number. But also in that, news, in that email, there's going to be a list of all the ways that you can give to the ocean. Because sometimes I think people come and you don't realize we have different options when it comes to giving, that it doesn't just have to be Sunday morning. So in that email, you're also going to see all of those different options. You're going to receive a new tithe number. And we would just simply ask that as you're paying your tithes and as, as you're contributing to the church, that you would use this new system for us so that we can continue to track what God is doing financially in our church. Amen? Amen. You know, you don't want to say this, but the reality is, is you can, you can kind of gauge the health of your church by the number of those who are paying their tithe. You can gauge the health of your church by the number of people who are tithing in your church. That's how you gauge how people are growing. That's how you gauge how people are responding. Okay? It's just a reality. And so we're trying to do that, and we want to be the best that we can for the Lord. And so we're going to encourage you to do to do that uh, if you're a covenant partner. If you're not a covenant partner and you tithe to the ocean, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to be a covenant partner to tithe. Any follower of Jesus has been commanded to, to tithe. Oh, that's more than I got last week. We're growing. Uh, <laughs> so you don't have to be a covenant partner. But here's what's going to happen. Because you may not be a covenant partner and you attend the ocean, we may not have information on you in our database. Okay? So we can't email you a new tithe number. So if you're not a covenant partner at the ocean and you still want to support the church and you still want to follow the Lord's command in tithing, then what's going to happen is next week at the harbor, we're going to have forms available for you to fill out. And they're not long. They're not huge. They're not going to take an hour. It's just to get some information so we can send you the same email that we're sending our covenant partners so that you can have the same information that they're receiving. And you'll get a tithe number. You'll receive a new tithe number. Then you'll also be privy to all of the different ways that we have to give at the ocean. And, uh, and then whatever way is convenient to you, whatever works best for you, works best for us. Amen? And we're just trying to do everything that we can to prepare ourselves for the bigger things God's got in store for us. Amen? Amen. Because we believe that he does. We believe that he does. So this morning... With that in mind, we're going to move on. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Kind of clap my hand and lights come on. Wow! <laughs> wonder if that works with my kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to clap more than my hands to make that happen. We'll leave that alone. Uh, this morning, we're going to do week three of Money Matters. This morning, we're going to talk about money being a matter of generosity. 
Now, I love this because I love the idea of generosity because there's nothing that makes me feel better than being able to give. I love to give when people have needs. Somebody say amen. Amen. I love it when, when I know somebody is in need of something or is hurting or needs help and we're able to come alongside of them and we're able to help meet that need. There's nothing better than generosity. Nothing feels better than generosity. Do you know why? Because that's the heart of God. When we talk about God's love, there's one passage of scripture that we cling to as Jesus followers. For God so, I'll say it with me, for God so that he, there it is, for God so that he, for God so loved he, for God so he, and if we love God, then we're going to give as well. It's the heart of God. It's the heart of God. God is a generous God, and we're going to see that this morning. But if you have your Bibles open, we're going we're to begin reading at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to read verses 6 through 9. It says, remember this. Look at your neighbor. Say, remember this. Remember this. Nah, say it like you mean it. Remember this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows generously will also sow generously. Money is a matter of generosity. What does it mean to be generous? To be generous means to show a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. More than what is necessary or what is expected. Larger or more plentiful than usual. So, I don't really want to be ugly this morning, and I'm not going to be. But here's the deal. Many of us have this idea that because we give our tithe, or his tithe, unto the Lord, that we are generous. Tithing is not generous. Tithing is obedient. Obedience leads to abundance. And with that abundance, we should be... Do you see it? Do you see it? Tithing is a matter of obedience. Obedience leads to abundance. Abundance leads to generosity. Are you following with me? Are you following with me? If you're with me, say amen. Come on, keep following with me. 
Keep following with me. See, the idea is this, is that we cannot be reluctant to give, but expect God to be generous. We cannot be reluctant in our giving, but expect God to be generous. Why? Because we get what we give. That's what that whole passage of Scripture is saying. We, we get what we give. Now, we all know in this room we're all smart enough, intelligent enough. I don't want to insult your intelligence this morning, but we all know that you can't plant one seed of corn and expect a whole 20 acres to be full of corn because you planted one seed. You can't plant one seed of maize and expect the whole 40 acres to be full of maize. But yet, how many times do we try to to plant a penny and expect the Lord to give us 10 million shillings in return. You can giggle, and you can laugh, but there's a reality to this reality. The Bible says we will reap what we sow. And, it, and it's not just finances. This whole idea of sowing and reaping, is, it, it extends throughout all kinds of biblical principles. Kindness. If you want people to be kind to you, what do you need to do? Be kind to other people. If you want more kindness shown to you, maybe you got to be more kind. If you want more love in your life, maybe you got to be more loving. If you want more friends, you probably got to be a little friendlier. If you want friends, you got to be a friend. It's sowing and reaping. It's sowing and reaping. And it's easy to understand or to accept in all the areas of our life except for money. And for some reason, we think the math changes. But it doesn't. Because it's not about the numbers, it's about the principle. It's not about the amount, it's about the heart. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you reap generously. Paul, in this letter to the Corinthian church, it's his second letter. He's already written one. There were issues after the first one, so he's writing another one. And Paul and the apostles are doing a work of ministry in Jerusalem, and they're sending their apostles out to receive collection for the work in Jerusalem. He's asking the churches to give to the work in Jerusalem. That's what this is all about. And so we pick up in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and Paul is writing to the church. And beginning with verse 1, he says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. For in the midst of a severe trial, their overflowing joy, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Verse 5, and they exceeded our expectations, for they gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, 
in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love. Since you excel at all of these other things, since you're such a great church in all these other areas, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Now, I don't have time to unpack that last sentence when it comes to grace. Giving is an act of grace. We are here today all wearing clothes because God is gracious. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad God's gracious to you. <laughs> Everything we have is because of God's grace. We don't deserve it. He freely gives it. Giving is an act of grace. And I don't have time to unpack all that, but just know you have what you have today because God is gracious. We have what we do today as a church because God is gracious. What Paul is teaching the Corinthians is this, is, is that if you desire to be a great church and you excel in all of these other things, then you must also excel in the grace of giving. And what was happening is they had, had promised to give, but they weren't giving, so Paul's addressing an issue. And he uses another church as an example. And he begins to talk about the Macedonian church. Now, the Macedonian churches were the churches that were located in the upper part of Greece. The churches of Achaia were those that were in the lower part of Greece. So Macedonia and Achaia, they're regions in Greece. Northern Greece, southern Greece. The Macedonian churches were the churches that were part of northern Greece. And they had all been overtaken by Rome. The Romans had come into northern Greece and they had ruined everything. They had destroyed everything. They had taken everything that belonged to those people that lived in northern Greece and they've made it their own and they've torn down everything. They've robbed everybody and taken everything. That's why Paul says, out of their severe trial. Out of their severe trial. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I know at times in my life when I'm walking through a severe trial, that's the time when I feel least generous. Anybody agree with me? When, I mean, when, when things are tight, that's when I feel least generous. It's easy to be generous when our pocket's like this, but when our pocket's not, we, we become less generous, right? As if generosity is a matter of amount. It's not what Jesus says. Generosity is a matter of the heart. And here's what he says. We, we look at this church, and, and Paul uses them as an example, these Macedonian churches. Because there's something very distinguishing about them. That out of their overwhelming joy, even in the midst of trial, they were happy. Even in the midst of, of trial, they were happy. Even though things weren't going their way, they were happy. Their overwhelming joy mixed with their extreme poverty. Anybody ever happy when you're broke? It's paradoxical, but it's the kingdom. What, what this tells me is that our joy should not be contingent upon our wealth. 
Our joy should not be determined by what we have, rather who we have. He says their extreme poverty mixed with their overwhelming joy resulted in rich generosity. Rich generosity. But how? How in the world could a church who seemingly has nothing, who seemingly is walking through severe trial, be so generous? Three ways. And we read it right here. Number one, the Macedonian church were willing to give. Didn't matter how much they had. They were willing to give whatever they had. There was a willingness in them to give. Would it be said of us that we are willing to give? Are we willing to give as followers of Christ? Are we willing to give as a church? The second thing is, not only were they willing to give, they gave as much as they were able to give. So we have to ask ourselves, June, do we give as much as we're able to give? Do we give as much as we're able to give? Or do we try to reason away giving less so that we can create more for ourselves? How many times do we withhold thinking that we can create something better for ourselves by withholding from the Lord and we don't even give what we're able to give? But the Bible says the Macedonian churches, they gave what they were able to give. And number three, the third thing, not only were they willing, not only did they give what they were able to give, the third thing is they gave more than they had the ability to give. Well, how do they do that? They were making sacrifices. They were making sacrifices. They were being generous. So much so that Paul uses them as an example to the church of Corinth to say, hey, here's how it needs to work. Here's what it needs to look like. You know, things are in the Bible for a reason. Things are in the Bible for a reason. These examples are in the Bible for us to learn from. Somebody say amen. amen. Speak through your word. We prayed it, right? So I hope the Lord's speaking to all of us right now. Amen? amen. It may not feel good, but it's good, but it's good preaching. The Macedonian churches, they were willing to give. They gave what they were able to give. They even gave more than they were able to give. They weren't just obedient. They were generous. I believe God wants the same for us, to not just be obedient, but to even learn to be, be, be generous. But why did the Macedonians give so generously? What was it in them that made them want to give more than they were even able to give? Two things. Number one, what we read, and number one is, is that they had given themselves first to the Lord. You read that? Did you read that? You remember that? They had given them first, they had given themselves first to the Lord. In verse five. They gave themselves first to the Lord. The Lord had their, I heard it. The Lord had their what? Money is a matter of the Do you see it all connecting? You see it all joining together? Money is a matter of the heart. The Lord had their 
They gave themselves first to the Lord. Have you truly given yourself to the Lord? Or have you given part of yourself to the Lord? I surrender half. I surrender half. You can sing it with me. Half of me, Lord, I surrender. True. I know in these quiet moments the Holy Spirit speaking. They had given themselves fully to the Lord. And we said this in week one, that when we give ourselves fully to the Lord, when we give our heart to the Lord, the Lord gives us his heart. When we surrender our heart fully to the Lord, the Lord gives us his heart. And that leads us to point number two. The reason they were able to give so much is because they had committed themselves not only to the Lord, but to the work of the Lord. They committed themselves to the work of the Lord. Why? Because now they had the heart of the Lord inside of them. And when we have the heart of the Lord, we cannot help but do the work of the Lord. Let me say that again. When we have the heart of the Lord, we can't help but do the work of the Lord. Because the thing that troubles the Lord's heart are the things that trouble our heart. The things that grieve the Lord grieve our hearts. We'll no longer look at the world the way we did before when we have the heart of the Lord. And it's the heart of the Lord that leads us to generosity. For God so loved that he, for God so loved that he, when we give our hearts to the Lord, he places his heart in us. And it's a generous heart. If you go over to the next chapter, I want to read two more, voice, two more verses this morning, and I'm going to end with this. Because how many of you know this is a lot? We're eating a lot right now. We're like drinking from the fire hydrant. Not like the little water hose. It's like we're drowning, Pastor Jimmy. Just stop talking about money, would you? Nope, not till the end of next week. But next week's even better than generosity. It's all about worship. Somebody say amen. Money's a matter of worship, baby. Woo! I like it. Come on. And uh, you're going to get a chance to worship next week. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. It says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Let me say that again. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. For you will be Enriched in every way so that you can be generous. So that you can be generous. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, not some of them, 
every occasion. We'll be generous on every occasion. But wait, because I know what you're thinking right now, but I don't have money to be generous on every occasion, Pastor Jimmy. If you're always asking, I can't be generous on every occasion. What if I give here and I give here? Then I'm not going to have, oh, it's that gap again between our faith and our finances. And what is that called? The gap between our faith and our finances is, say it again. Say, I know you're listening. The gap between our faith and our finances is our, we're afraid that God can't do what he says he's going to do. We're afraid that God's dumber than we are. We're afraid that God's a liar. Is that true? Huh? Would you say God's a liar? Do you think God can do what he says he's going to do? Then why don't you trust him? I battle with these same things too, church. It's, it's humanity that we deal with. <laughs> it's, that garden, it's that garden mentality of pride and greed. and We all battle with it. But the reality is if, if this is what God's promised, we got to believe it. We got to let our faith override our fear and surrender our finances to the Lord. Why? So that we can have everything that we need at all times so that we can be a part of every good work. You see, here's what's interesting. We, we, we want God to bring the increase in our feed. We, we, we call this seed and feed in Texas. It's the seed and the feed. First you gotta sow the seed, then you can have the food. It's the seed and the feed. But if you look at the passage, the scripture says, God who provides seed to the sower. Who do you think's given you what you already have? It's not ours. We don't own anything. God, who provides seed to the sower, the one who initially fills your pocket at the end of every month when you get paid. Come on, let's, let's, bring, it down, let's bring it down to practicality. The one who fills your pocket on payday is not your boss or your employee. Man is not your source, God is. Man is not our source, God is. God's our source. Everybody say, God's our source. The one who provides seed to the sower is also the one who provides the increase so that our seed barns are full. How many of you would look at me this morning and say, Pastor Jimmy, my seed barn is full. I ain't got no more room for no more money. Raise your hand. Well, come on, waiting. Pastor Jimmy, you don't understand. My bank account's so full, I'm borrowing somebody else's now. <laughs> Anybody? He who provides seed to the sower will also provide seed enough to fill your storehouse if we will become generous. Why would we become generous? Why would God allow us to be generous? So that we can be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. But so many times we get blessed and we hoard. Shoot, that's mine. You don't even know. That's my gift. That's my cake. Can't have none of my cake. That's my birthday, not your birthday. It's my birthday, my cake. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But we're not blessed to be hoarders. We're not blessed to be selfish. We're blessed to be a blessing. And when we do that, he gives us the seed. We sow the seed. He blesses the sow. We reap more seed so we can sow more seed. We reap more seed so we can, so that we'll reap, so that we can sow, so that we can reap, so that we can sow, until you all get involved, we're going to go in this circle round and round, so that we can reap, so we can, that we'll reap, so that we can, and so that we can be generous on every occasion. Why? Because I want our church to be a generous church. I want our church to meet the needs of our community. I want our church to be able to reach out and meet the needs of this country. I want our church to be able to reach out and meet needs all over the world. I want to be generous because I want to plant more churches. We want to plant more churches so we can reach more people. I said we want to plant more churches so we can reach more people. I said we want to plant more churches so we can reach more people. That's why we're here. But if we hoard the blessing, we'll never reach more people. I want to send missionaries. I want to send missionaries out. I want to send missionaries out of the ocean into all the world to preach the gospel so that none would perish. But we can't do it unless we become generous. We have to become generous, which means not just being willing to give, or giving what we have the ability to give, but even giving beyond our ability. But if we will do that, if we will do that, we will have all things at all times, having everything that we need so that we can abound in every good work. It's not about getting rich. It's about being generous. Money is a matter of generosity. So just ask yourself this morning, am I generous? Am I willing? Am I giving what I am able to give? Am I giving beyond my ability to give? And that's not just money. Some of it's your time. How many of you are serving at the ocean right now in any area of ministry? Raise your hand. If you're serving, raise your hand. Like, raise it. This is not raising your hand. This is bending your elbow. This is a raise. <laughs> raise your hand if you're serving. Raise your hand if you're serving. See, if your hand's not raised right now, you're not giving everything. You're not giving what you have the ability to give. Our mission statement is to connect, to grow, and to Many of you like to connect. That's why you're here. You even love the ability to grow. That's why you soak up these sorry preachings on Sunday morning. But what's it leading to in your life? Where are you serving? It's not just money. It's your time. It's your talent and your treasure. It's your time and your talent and your treasure. Everybody say time, talent, treasure, time. Talent, treasure. Now ask yourself, am I generous? Connect, grow. Connect, grow. Connect, grow. 
Church, get involved. Generosity is not even just a matter of money. It's a matter of the heart. Does the Lord have your heart? Because if he has your heart, you'll have his. And he will make us generous. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessings. We pray even this morning, Lord, that you'll continue to speak to us, Lord. Help us to grow. Stretch us, Lord, in the area of our finances. Help us to be obedient in the tithe and generous in the offering. God, help us to be obedient with the tithe and generous with the offering, Lord, so that we could be a people who truly worship you. God, we thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for giving to us. Lord, help us to give it back to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.